0: Do not be afraid, afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give to him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who has said to be barren is in her six months, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her.
1: There shall arise a star.
2: All of them talk of this prophetic king. This man who will defeat me. The greatest of kings.
1: Born in the most humble of places. Do not be afraid, Mary.
3: You have found favor with God. We will give birth to a son.
1: Elizabeth? Why is it me God has asked? I am nothing. Oh, child. A husband has been chosen for me. How was he
3: to believe this? For Do you know how much disgrace you have brought upon yourself, upon Joseph, Mary? I have broken no vow. Women have been put to death for this.
1: Believe me. Yes.
3: The angel came to me in my dream.
1: In the name of King Herod and the almighty Caesar, each man will return to the land of his ancestors.
0: I must travel to Bethlehem.
1: I'm going with my husband. How do we raise such a child?
2: I wonder if I will even be able to teach him anything. This threat to my rule.
0: I ask not your home, but any place you have. Please, is there a place for us? Luke 2, verse 1 through 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that the census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth him, we're here. We will find a place. I promise.
2: God be with you. Is there a place for my wife and me to stay?
1: I'm sorry, there is no room here.
2: My name is Issachar, and I look a lot like Jay Ware, but I'm not. My name is Issachar, and that's me. I look a little different, but that's me. I'm an innkeeper, and I hopped into a time machine, hopped out. I'm here today to tell you my story about this situation. Uh, I have a real bad memory, and so I have this paper down because it's so important to me, so I'm going to read from this paper, make sure I don't forget anything. But just remember, that's me, and this is my story. Um, My name is Issachar. I'm an innkeeper in Bethlehem. A few days ago, it was necessary for me to travel to the city of Jerusalem on some business for my inn, and something very unusual happened there. I'd like to tell you about it, for it's my story, and it would be fun. (laughs) Please, Please listen, for it means more... To me, than anything, it's as, as, as the biggest thing that happened in my entire life. As I started to tell you, I had traveled to Jerusalem on business, and upon my arrival there, I discovered the city to be in a tremendous uproar. There was so much talk, so much excitement, and everyone was hurrying about. I inquired what was happening and was told that the Romans were crucifying three men. The one about whom most uh, talk was being made was named Jesus. Uh, He was a different sort of man. He had been going about the countryside, teaching and preaching, and a lot of people were listening to what he said. He had many followers. It was said that he healed people too. I had heard this before, and for some people stayed at my inn, and they said that uh, they had seen him heal people. In fact, I remember one guy came out. He was blind. He left uh, one day from my inn, and he came back, and and he could see. And actually, another guy had some friends, and he couldn't walk, and yet he came back to my inn, at night, and he could walk because Jesus had healed him. And the the biggest miracle, even bigger than that, was that he took a Broncos fan and healed him and made him a Bengals fan. And now he's healed, and there's hope for anyone in this room that you can be healed too and become a Bengals fan. On On another note, others, others were saying that he was the promised Messiah, long promised to redeem all of Israel. I finished my business for the day, and having a few more hours of daylight before I must begin my journey back to Bethlehem, I went outside the city, to the hill they call Golgotha, which is the hill in the shape of a skull. I was interested to see why all the people were so excited and wanted especially to see this man named Jesus. And there on the hill were three men on the crosses being crucified by the Romans. The man in the center was Jesus, they said, but strangely there was no curses on his lips. He didn't seem angry or resentful towards any of the people that were crucifying him. He was rather quiet, didn't say anything really. And If he did, it was to the people that were in front of him at the, the base of his cross there. It was a strange sight indeed, a tragic sad sight to see this man being crucified. I noticed as I stood there a little back from the crowd that there was a small group of people about a foot from the cross and I asked who they were. Someone said that one of the women was uh, his mother and his, her name was Mary. With her was a man, and there were several other women there, too, but there was something about this Mary that caught my attention. She kind of seemed familiar to me. As I said before, I'm an innkeeper, and it's necessary for me to know people, and I always try to remember faces, for it is a warm and good feeling for guests to return to my inn and be remembered, like I say, Hey, Mondo, glad you're back, and it's good business. Hey, Christian, glad you're back, man, to my inn. It's good business, so I try to remember faces, and and I thought that this face looked familiar. I turned to uh, someone at my side and said, tell me something about this man on the cross. The bystander said, uh, his name is Jesus and that he was from Nazareth, but he was born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, I said. Bethlehem? Yes, Bethlehem, came the reply. And when was he born there, I asked. Uh, Let me see. It was during the enrollment of Caesar Augustus. That would make him about 33 years old. Then my friends... (laughs) <laughs> you may find this hard to believe. I suddenly did remember why she looked familiar to me. For this woman, his mother, came to my inn one night these many years ago. She was very heavy with child. She and her husband were so tired-looking and weary after traveling. But I had no room. My inn was filled with people who had come to Bethlehem for the enrollment. and I did, my, did the best I could. I told them that they could have the stable out back. And sure enough, they went there. And the baby was born out in that stable. I was busy with my guests, but didn't have much time. I didn't even go out there. But I remember that they were, they were not alone. I remember that some shepherds came to them and they brought some friends with them. And, and while I had my guests in my inn, they were out back in this, in this, you know, this place and, and they, they were singing and there was lots of noise. And I thought, well, maybe they're just happy because of the baby. I didn't know. How did I know who they were? How could I know? I stayed all day. And kept thinking um, that he had knocked at my door and I had not let him in. And you see, my good friends, this is why I'm telling you this story. It's my story. Uh, It's me. I'm, I'm part of it. Ever since that day, I have tried my best to live for him and give him everything I have. But my friends, I made a mistake, a grave mistake, the biggest mistake of my life. And I pray that you'll learn from my mistake, my experience I was busy with my guests, taking good care of them so that they might return to my inn another time. As I stood at that cross watching this crucifixion, all of these thoughts came to me. I had not let him in. But I had no room. I had stayed at Golgotha in front of this cross longer than I had planned and the sun was already very low in the sky. It was too late to head back to Bethlehem. So I returned to the city heavy in heart And took lodging for a couple days. I woke a couple days, spent a couple days there, and I woke to head back to Bethlehem. And I wanted to uh, tell my family what I had seen. I was about to set home when I heard the news, and it was whispered news. People were just sort of, but it was spreading like wildfire. This man, Jesus, that I had seen on this cross, was alive. I couldn't believe it. I had seen him on the cross, and now he's alive. It didn't seem possible, and yet, this is what they were saying. Some of his friends went out very early in the morning about the breaking of day, and when they came into the garden, to the tomb, they found that the the stone which they had rolled up against the entrance was rolled away. They said two angels were, were there, and they said that he's not there, that he's alive. He had risen from the dead, even as he had said he would. They had hurried back to the city and then two of his followers, Peter and John, I think they call him, ran all the way to the garden to see and it was true. He was gone and, and, and then later they saw him and he was alive. It was, it was confirmed as true. I was bewildered that I, and I couldn't return to Bethlehem. I spent the entire day trying to find out all I could about this man, Jesus. I did not let them in when they came, you see. My inn was filled and I was busy. But I did the best I could for them. And you see, he may come to you in the same way. Do not receive him casually. Do not be so preoccupied with other things and other people that you have no room for him. He may come and knock on your door just as he did mine. And pray you don't make the same mistake I did. Pray you don't, for it was the biggest mistake of my life and it's affected my entire existence. And there's something else I must tell you I didn't know. And yes, this is always the way it is. We never know when the great possibility is of God standing at our door. We see only a stranger and we say, there is no room for you or I'm too busy. And that, my friends, is my story. Pray that he may come to you, perhaps on this Christmas day. He may come and knock on the door of your life and don't be too busy. Don't say I have no room. Look for him, wait for him, for he may come to your door anytime and when he comes, let him in. My good friends, remember my story, profit from my mistake, and let him in this Christmas day.
0: Please, please, is there a name? Is there a place for us? My wife, she's in pain. Is there a place for us?
1: Open the door! Go away! Help. Please, Lord. Will you not provide for us? There's someone! Help us!
0: Joseph! Joseph! Mary! Mary! Mary!
3: Can do. I just need to say thanks to uh, Jay for doing that reading for us this weekend. And uh, he's our, if you don't know him, he's our Youth College and Young Adults Pastor. And if you're in that age group, you should go introduce yourself to him, because he's a pretty cool guy, other than the Bengals fan thing. But, so. And if you don't know me, not, my name is Francis Fergioni, and I'm the pastor of Community Life here. Um, so, I have a question for you. If God said to you, you're about to have a baby, and you're gonna give birth to a son, and his name will be Jesus, what would you do? What would you be thinking? Well, some of you are probably going, well, I really am too old for that. And others of you are going, well, I'm way too young for that. And the rest of you are probably going, I'm a guy. So, (laughs) probably not a possibility. Well, did you know that regardless of whether you're male or female, old or young, that God really is asking you that question? And he really is saying that to you you will you will give birth to a son so what if God showed up at your door and you really didn't know who it was at the door but he asked you do you have room for me and you might be thinking well actually this time of year we're pretty full got a lot of family and friends in town so no we really don't or you're just too busy or You're a stranger, and I don't know you, and you look like you might be kind of messy to have in my house. (laughs) Or maybe for a price, you might find some room. Well, did you know that God really is asking you that question of whether you have room for him to be born in you? Jesus wants to be born in our hearts. He wants to know if there's room and if there's space in your life to have him. You know, when when I've read a story many times over and over, I like to stop and kind of put myself in the shoes of the different characters of the story. And oftentimes, I see myself in each of the characters. We uh, hear a story, and we already know the ending to the whole thing, but sometimes you forget what it's like to actually live it, to actually walk in those shoes. Sometimes, I feel like Mary, who maybe uh, feels kind of insecure and ordinary and insignificant, Uh, Open to what God wants to do in my life um, and yet scared, lonely, just feeling confused and not know what to do. But also that little bit of excitement about the wonder or possible miracle of something only God could do through someone like me. Other times I feel more like the innkeeper, busy, busy, busy always worried about making money and, and all that and make putting all the pieces together. And I certainly have no space in my life for the hassles and, and uh, chaos in life and certainly not the pain. I feel like I have no room for Jesus at all. So where is your heart right now this Christmas? Maybe your heart is open to that miracle, even though you are scared or lonely or feeling insecure. Maybe your heart is closed and shut down because it's just too darn scary and you're fighting God every step of the way on it. Or maybe your heart is full, so full of life's busy activities, you actually maybe feel pretty good about life. You're independent, successful, things are going well, and you are full of yourself with no room for God. Because if all is good and you are strong, Maybe you don't need a savior, and after all, God is a savior. Do you have room for a savior? God seems to show up in unexpected places and unexpected ways. Take Mary. She was ordinary, poor, Jewish girl, maybe 12, 13, 14 years old. Do we have any of those out here? 12, 13, 14? Raise your hand if you're in that age group. About that old? That's about how old she was. She was pretty insignificant by the world's terms and maybe one of the last people we might have chosen to bear the Son of God. If you're feeling insignificant this Christmas, maybe invisible or overlooked, I find it to be really good news that God often chooses those who feel insignificant to do His work. Mary, the unexpected one, got unexpected news. You're going to have a baby, and not only that, but this baby is going to be the Savior of the world. And even though I know, it talks about Mary being willing and and uh, during of this thought, surely she must have had the full range of emo- emotions on the other side too that any of us might feel when just the unexpected shows up in our life. you got to be kidding me. Me? Why me? Do you know how much rejection and shame and embarrassment I'm going to face because of what I have to go through? You're going to make me go through this? No, 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 not this. Anything but this. Couldn't it be something else? You see, birth is actually, at first, painful. While it does bring life, it first feels like you're gonna die, or so I've heard. If you wanna give birth to the life of Jesus in your heart, it's likely first going to involve some pain. There are times, if I'm honest with you, that I might think, I don't know that I really wanna be like Jesus. I don't know that I want his life in me. Maybe some of you have felt that at times, too, and you find yourself trying to abort it. Will you make room for his life, even if it breaks your heart? There's a verse in Psalms, that's one of my favorite, that says, God is near the brokenhearted. A broken heart can lead to an open heart. The innkeeper got the unexpected, but he just didn't know it. This wasn't just a visitor looking for a room, but a woman about to give birth to the Messiah, even though he didn't know it. If I was the innkeeper, I would easily be thinking, There's no way. I don't want all that crying and noise in my inn and pain and messiness. I've got other guests to worry about here. So how do you respond when the unexpected things of life happen? You lose your job, have a crisis with your health, your kids are struggling, your marriage is struggling, a broken heart from a relationship that didn't quite work out, When the unexpected comes your way and life seems to get out of control, how do you go about fighting to gain back control? How do you go about trying to fix that problem on your own? Who do you blame for it? Where do you run to for security or comfort or escape? Maybe, like me, sometimes you think, why do I have to be the one without the job, without my health, without enough money? without a spouse, without friends, without kids. Do you ever think, can I just pick a different struggle and trade this one in? Maybe it even goes deeper than that. Maybe you find something that you're also without, without purpose, without trust of other people, without peace, without security, without love. Where you without empty where do you feel a hole a space a room maybe God is creating that space that room in you or at least allowing you to become aware of the space that's already there in which his life can be born this Christmas Jesus is looking for a space in which his life can live in your space he wants to grow understanding, and a sensitivity to other people's pain, compassion, grace, forgiveness, love? And did you know that if we look closely all around us, there are constantly places of God's heart being born, often in unexpected places? Stop and look around at your own life a little more closely. I'll share with you a couple of my own stories that help me understand this. Uh, many of you know that I was... Uh, 48 when I got married for the first time and that I don't have children of my own. And many of you also know that 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 place is a place of ache for me. Sometimes I feel it more intensely than others, um, but it is a place where I feel that empty, that hole, that room, that space. Well, in the middle of this, somewhere God has given me that hunger, that desire to create life in other people and given me a love for other people's kids. Um, some of you know Heather. Heather goes here, and um, she I've known her over 10 years, and when she was 12, she lost both her mom and her dad and was an only child. And I've had the chance to walk through many different phases of her life, uh, struggling times, uh, going through college, and just this past summer, uh, went to her master's degree graduation, and I felt like a proud mother at this graduation for her. A second one is uh, Josh. Some of you know Josh too. Josh walked into our church a couple of years ago at the other building and he was a kid who lived on the streets and um, did not have much of a family life and grew up with a lot of uh, violence and chaos in his life. And he was here for several years and then he moved to Seattle. Well, this past Thanksgiving, he came to visit Bill and I and uh, stayed with us for a whole week and he came into town and we had Thanksgiving dinner with some of our house church members. and. And then by the end of the week, we decide, you know, let's decorate for Christmas. So we pull out the Christmas tree, and, and um, in the middle of inviting Josh to join us, here's great big Josh, he's about Jay's size, um, hanging ornaments on the Christmas tree, and I find out that he had never in his life put up a Christmas tree, because he didn't have much of a family, and they didn't celebrate religious holidays Well, by the end of the week, uh, we knew we wouldn't see him at Christmas, so Bill and I decided, you know, let's give him a little money so he can go pick something out for himself for Christmas. So we gave him some money, he went down 16th Street Mall uh, over to Radio Shack, and he came back with a few things, but he brought three presents for Bill and I. One of them is this really cool uh, talking picture frame. (laughs) We haven't put the picture in yet, but he he put this in front of our bedroom door so that when Bill would walk out in the morning, he had recorded on here, Bill, shut up, which is like guy language for I love you, I guess. But um, So Bill then took it and he re-recorded it and put the same message, Josh, shut up and put it in front of his bedroom door the next morning. Well, right now it says... Can you hear that? It says, do good things, Josh. That was Bill's encouragement to him. So that's the last message that was stuck on here. But um, Josh brought us that. And for me, that was such a picture of the heart of God. In a way, like we were caring for Josh and you know, just in the same way, God cares for us. He knows our needs. He wants to bless us. He wants to give us gifts. And yet, it so delights his heart when, he, when we come back and give back to him as well. And then the third one I wanted to share with you is about Bill's daughters. And um, he has three daughters, a 24-year-old and two twins that are 21. And they have become an incredible blessing in my life. There are times when I'm talking with them on the phone and they'll initiate saying to me, I, I love you. And I hear that and I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's just like, Really? it's hard to even let it go in and uh, and i think that too is such a picture of the heart of god the way that he wants to hear i love you back and how much it blesses him to to hear that Um, christy the oldest one she's 24 now and this summer she came to live with us for three months and we've gone hiking up to saint mary's glacier and we were on the hike and she's telling me about her boyfriend and how excited she is about this guy and how she thinks this one is it and uh so in the middle of the hike she stops and she says if we get married would you do the wedding and i was like really you want me to do the wedding you know because i'm i guess i'm a pastor i have a hard time with that but anyway but it just so caught me off guard but again it was just such a blessing to go you want me into that special place of your life that special day at that level and uh, so she is engaged now, and she's getting married in June, and I'm doing the wedding out in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, but again, such a blessing and a message of how much my desire to create and give life and to pour into these girls, and that one day I will probably, Lord willing, have grandchildren through, that I never thought I would have. You know. From their perspective they won't know any different i'll be granny franny <laughs> but, but um but what a, what a blessing and just an unexpected gift to be able to enter into that part of god's heart that wants to create and give life um so for you in your own life i'm encouraging you this christmas to just slow down and take a good look at some of the stories, and people, and characters, and things going on in your own life, and to ask yourself this question. Is there something of God's heart in what I'm going through? You just might find Him in unexpected places. Some of you may have places where you are without, but you don't feel like you can share it with anyone. Something that you kept very quiet, or maybe just shared with a few close friends. You know what those things are, and God knows what those things are. It's the things that leave that space in your life and room for something, someone, to grow. This Christmas, I think I know exactly what it is that Jesus wants for his birthday. Your emptiness, your space. He wants room to be born. So as we get ready to go into communion, think about that place where you are without and bring that space that room to him and ask him to be born in it. Maybe you're on the edge of a miracle but you just didn't know it.
1: So Mary, did you know? Did you know that you really are Mary? Matthew chapter 12, verse 46. While he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother, Jesus' mother, And his brother stood outside asking to speak to him, but he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? That's what Jesus said, who is my mother? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So you are Christ's mother. You are Mary. And he is preparing in you an emptiness, a womb, if you will, where he uh, desires to be conceived and to be born. And so on the night that Jesus, from the bosom of the Father, he's the heart of God, he's also the promised seed. He's the seed, the imperishable seed. On the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body given to you. Take and eat and do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper and having given thanks, he took the cup and he said, this is the new covenant in my blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. And remember, the life is in the blood. Drink of it, all of you. Do it in remembrance of me. And so he gives us himself. And he meets us in that place, like Granny Franny just talked about, where we are empty and we are longing, uh, longing for him. You know, scripture says this, it says, we love because he first loved us. We tend to think that love is just like an idea, you know, and that the things that are real are like... uh, This wood, uh, this building, our finances, our house, our car. According to scripture, all of those things are an illusion. Physicists even, I won't go there. But anyway, they're an illusion. But love, scripture says God is love. There is nothing more solid, nothing more real than love. And when you come to this table, you are surrendering your need for love. And love is conceived within you. And love grows within you. And when you love others, you are actually giving birth to the Messiah in this world. And so, Mary, come to the table and surrender all your pain, all your sorrow, all your emptiness, and allow the Christ child to be born in you. The dark cups are wine. The light cups are juice. They're both the life of God. Tear off a piece of the bread... Dip it in the cup, and ingest the eternal seed into your very being. You know, sometimes when Christ shows up, and this has happened to me maybe once or twice, He shows up in ways that just knock your socks off, and you see God's amazing power. But most of the time, He shows up as a baby. Remember that night, there were all sorts of people out on the streets of Bethlehem. They all walked past. I didn't see him, but you see him, and if you invite him to be born into your life, he will. So let's pray, would you just pray this with me? And you can just pray this kind of quietly in your heart after me, okay? Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I surrender to you my disappointments my sorrow, my emptiness, my longings, my desires, my hopes, my fears, my emptiness. I surrender to you my life. And I invite you, Lord God, to be the Lord of my life. I invite you, Lord Jesus, to be born into my life, my life that is really like a living death. Be born into my life and make my life your life. May I be um, your temple, your sanctuary, your body. Father, thank you for Christmas 2,000 years ago but I'd like it to be Christmas right here, right now, in me. In Jesus' name, I receive your love. I receive the Christ child. Amen. So come to the table, receive him, and worship.
3: So, is Jesus born in your heart? Yeah! Thank you, Peter. So. Because of that, we're gonna all come together and sing happy birthday, and Braden has come up here to lead us in this song. Come on up here. This is Brayden, I thought it, I thought it'd be fun to have Brayden come up here and lead us. So we're gonna sing happy birthday to Jesus as we close here.
0: Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jesus.
2: Happy birthday to...